Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa usalli wa usallimu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen. Nabiyyina wa habibina wa qurrati a'yunina Muhammad ibn Abdillah. Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi afdalu salati wa atamu taslim ama ba'd. Faqad qala Allahu tabaraka wa ta'ala fi Qur'anihi al-aziz. بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سبحان الذي أسرى بعبده ليلا من المسجد الحرام إلى المسجد الأقصى سبحان الذي أسرى بعبده ليلا من المسجد الحرام إلى المسجد الأقصى الذي باركنا حوله باركنا حوله لنريه من آياتنا إنه هو السميع البصير we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask him, the Almighty, the Lord of all worlds, the exalted, the majestic, to send his choicest of blessings and salutations upon the final messenger, a beloved prophet, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, his family members, his companions, and all those who tread upon his path with utmost sincerity until the day of Qiyamah. <coughs> My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, I begin by reminding myself on this beautiful and blessed Friday. I remind myself and then all of you all tuning in from different parts of the country, from different parts of the world to bring in a life of taqwa. And that is to be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to be mindful of your maker during every single second of your lives. If you wish to attain victory and success in this world as well as the hereafter, as our maker subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah An-Naba, إِنَّ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ مَفَازَ Indeed, for the people of taqwa is mafaza, victory and success in this world as well as the next. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all from the people of taqwa and may he make us from the victorious and successful ones. Ameen. <coughs> My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, we have been closely following what's happening in the blessed lands of Masjid Al-Aqsa. We've been following closely with regards to what's happening in Palestine and in Gaza. We're following headline after headline that comes out. We're following it with so much of pain, with so much of hurt, and with so much of sincere prayers. A lot of dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings about ease. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, at times in the face of oppression and cruelty, you are in a position like that of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, like that of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, when he passed by the family of Yasir radiallahu anh, Ali Yasir, the family of Yasir radiallahu anh. They were being tormented, they were being persecuted in Mecca. 
and he sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam he passes by them and at that juncture he sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam all he could do was offer them words all he could do was offer them words of consolation all he could do was offer them reassurance glad tidings to strengthen them to strengthen their resolve so he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported to have said sabran ala yasir fa inna mawidakum aljanna patience o family of yasir for indeed fa inna mawidakum aljanna your appointed place or your appointment the promised place for you is aljanna the lofty garden at this juncture it hurts to see the oppression it hurts to see the cruelty it hurts to see what's happening to the innocent there the children the elderly it hurts to see those blessed lands being desecrated left right and center and we stand hanging our heads in shame and helplessness as our leaders stand by quietly in the face of this brazen oppression and at this juncture my dear brothers and sisters in islam we renew our hope and we turn to the almighty la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah there is no power no might except from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the one the almighty the just the judge the majestic the exalted the compeller al jabbar the one who says in surah ibrahim he says in surah ibrahim wala tahsaban allaha ghafilan amma ya'malu adh-dhalimun wala tahsaban allaha ghafilan amma ya'malu adh-dhalimun ولا تحسبن الله غافلا عما يعمل الظالمون او محمد صلى الله عليه واله وسلم do not think that allah is unaware of what the zalimun do of what the wrongdoers do the tyrants the oppressors allah is not unaware of what they are doing or what they do innama yu'akhiruhum yawmin tashkhasu fihi al-absar Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only delays them until a day liyawmin tashkhasu fihi al-absar when their eyes will stare in horror in fright that day is coming the day when we will all have to stand in front of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we will all be taken into account yes in this world there are ways to get away but in the court of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is no getting away he is the most just of all judges and justice will prevail that day today at times around the world people have lost hope in the sense of justice they feel it to be a lost cause but on that day my dear brothers and sisters in islam justice will prevail in every form and in every way may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our affairs with regards to our brethren suffer, suffering there with regards to our brothers and sisters suffering there we pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
eases their affairs. We pray sincerely that Allah blesses them and rewards them with the loftiest of rewards. Subhanallah, subhanallah. They are as per the words of our messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. The hadith has been recorded in the book of Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim rahimahumallah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported to have said, لا يزال طائفة من أمتي ظاهرين حتى يأتيهم أمر الله وهم ظاهرون. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported to have said, لا يزال طائفة من أمتي. A group of people from my ummah, from my nation, will always remain victorious. They will always remain predominant. حتى يأتيهم أمر الله. Until until the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is established, i.e. until the day of Qiyamah. Until the day of Qiyamah, until the command of Allah is established. And it will be established whilst they are victorious. In, a, in another hadith, the wording is slightly different. The hadith is recorded in the book of Imam Muslim, Rahimahullah. The Prophet وسلم, is reported to have said, لا تزال طائفة من أمتي uh, There will not cease to be a group from my nation. They will basically be predominant. لا يضرهم من خذ لهم أو خالفهم حتى يأتي أمر الله وهم ظاهرون على الناس. They will remain in this position. Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command is executed, until the day of Qiyamah is established, and those who desert them shall not be able to do them any harm. The help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with them. And in the version that is recorded in the book of Imam Ahmad rahimahullah, in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad rahimahullah, an Abi Umamata radiallahu anhu qal, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, Again, similar wording. لا تزال طائفة من أمتي على الحق ظاهرين لعدوهم قاهرين لا يضرهم من خالفهم. The hadith goes on, goes on along the same lines. Okay, there will not cease to be a group from my nation who will remain victorious, who will remain predominant until the day of Qiyamah. And in that hadith, the Sahaba ridwan Allah Taala alayhi majma'in they asked the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, wa aynahum? Where are they? The Prophet ﷺ responds in the hadith, al Maqdis wa al Maqdis. They are those by Masjid al Aqsa. They are those by Bayt al Maqdis and the surrounding areas of Bayt al Maqdis. O oh believers, my dear brother, my dear sister, do not lose hope. Do not despair. Do not lose hope. Do not despair. In Surah Muhammad, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, in tansuru allaha yansurkum, wa yuthabbit aqdamakum. O believers, O the one who have brought in iman, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, in tansuru allah, if you stand up for Allah, yansurkum, Allah will help you, wa yuthabbit aqdamakum. And he will make your steps, your feet firm. He will plant firmly, your feet. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, in tansurullaha yansurkum, wa yuthabbit aqdamakum. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, this ayah, this ayah breaks the pride and the arrogance of the oppressors and the tyrants to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His help is with the believers. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, 
Masjid Al-Aqsa. Every one of us, we should know the virtues that surround this masjid, the virtues that surround the blessed lands. I'm sure even the hadith that I mentioned earlier on, a lot of us may not have even heard it ever in our lives. These prophecies of the Prophet And with regards to Masjid Al-Aqsa, some people think, oh, what's the big deal with Masjid Al-Aqsa? Masjid Al-Aqsa, the ayat I read at the inception, Subhanallah, Asrabi abdihi laylan min al-masjid al-harami ila al-masjid al-aqsa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he talks about Masjid al-Aqsa in the Noble Quran. And I'm going to be listing out a few characteristics, a few virtues, if you will, of Masjid al-Aqsa that have been deduced from the Quran and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we have reports that Masjid al-Aqsa was built by Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. We have one report that says Adam alayhi salatu wasalam built Masjid al-Aqsa. There's another report that says angels built Masjid al-Aqsa. And there are some reports that say Ya'qub alayhi salatu wasalam built Masjid al-Aqsa. So as you can see, Masjid al-Aqsa goes way back. Masjid al-Aqsa is where Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, he migrated to. Masjid al-Aqsa was, was renovated by the prophets Dawood. And Sulaiman alayhim as-salam. And Masjid al-Aqsa, it is known as Mahd, Mahd al-Nubuwat. It is the place, if you will, where many of the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were emerged. And, and, and also it is the place where all the prophets of Allah gathered and they were led in prayer by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. Masjid al-Aqsa is the first of the two uh, qiblas, the basically the two prayer uh, directions. So Masjid al-Aqsa, initially we were facing Masjid al-Aqsa until approximately 16 months after the hijrah of the Prophet wasallam, where the qibla was changed from Masjid al-Aqsa to Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Haram in, 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 uh, in Mecca. Masjid al-Aqsa, like I said, Mahd al-Nubuwat is the place where the majority of the prophets alayhim salam resided Masjid al-Aqsa and it is the place from where many of the prophets of Allah the rusul the anbiya many of the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called towards the oneness of Allah Masjid al-Aqsa is where the prophets alayhim salatu wasalam longed to be buried Masjid al-Aqsa is where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam traveled from Masjid al-Haram during the night journey. Subhanallah asra bi abdihi laylan min al-Masjid al-Harami ila al-Masjid al-Aqsa. So we have Masjid al-Aqsa now being tied to Makkah through the night journey. Min al-Masjid al-Harami ila al-Masjid al-Aqsa. So it's tied through the night journey and it is also tied through the Qibla because initially Masjid al-Aqsa was our Qibla until until uh, the time where it was changed to Mecca. So initially Masjid al-Aqsa was the Qibla. Masjid al-Aqsa is a place of importance for the prophets and for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa We have many a report that talks about Masjid al-Aqsa and the Prophet sallallahu has you know, encouraged and commanded us to go if possible to Masjid al-Aqsa and to pray there. We have reports to the effect where a single prayer is multiplied in, in uh, reward at Masjid al-Aqsa. And this is a masjid, this is the third masjid 
that a lot of effort, if possible, should be exerted in, in a move to travel to this masjid, to visit this uh, masjid. And the masjid along with the lands around it has been blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is in the Quran. Subhanalladhi asra bi abdihi laylan min al-masjid al-harami ila al-masjid al-aqsa alladhi barakna hawla. Allah says in Surah Isra, barakna hawla. We have blessed around it, the lands around it including masjid al-aqsa. The, the, the lands around it have been blessed by Allah azza wa jal. Masjid al-aqsa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, through his divine knowledge, his infinite wisdom, he azza wa has determined Masjid al-Aqsa to be an outpost from the outposts of Islam. The word used here is uh, ribat. It is considered an outpost from the outposts of Islam. And with regards to ribat, we have the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Salman radiyallahu anhu Qal Sami'atu Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Yaqul Ribatu Yawmin wa Layla Khayrun min suyami Shahrin wa Qiyami Observing ribat As in Standing guard Guarding this outpost For a day And a night Is far better Than observing Saum Fasting for a whole month Or standing in salah In all its nights if a person dies, and this is glad tidings unto our brothers and sisters in Palestine. If a person dies whilst performing this duty, he will go on to receive his reward for his deeds perpetually, perpetually, perpetually. Subhanallah. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ goes on to say, I heard the Messenger of Allah ﷺ saying, Two eyes will never be touched by the fire of Jahannam. An eye which weeps, which cries out of the fear of Allah. Aynun bakat min khashyatillah. An eye that weeps and cries out of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Today for what and what we cry. But with regards to the fear of Allah when making dua, I think that's a self-check that you and I, we all need to undergo. We need to ask ourselves, how many times have these eyes weeped out of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So the eye that weeps out of the fear of Allah, the fire of Jahannam will not touch it. And وَأَيْنٌ بَاتَتْ And the, the eye that spends the night guarding the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what better way to spend a night than to guard this masjid with so many virtues, so many traits as you can see. So many beautiful characteristics as, as we go on uh, listing them, subhanAllah. We have a hadith that describe this masjid in, in, in so many ways. The wings of Allah's angels are spread over Masjid al-Aqsa. Masjid al-Aqsa is a beacon of knowledge of scholars. Subhanallah. And there are reports to the effect that every hand span of Masjid al-Aqsa. And by the way, people are of this notion that, you know, that the, the, the picture that is generally depicted, the golden dome. That, that is considered Masjid al-Aqsa. But in reality, we have approximately 144,000 square meters. An area that is considered as Masjid al-Aqsa. And it includes everything surrounded by its outer wall. So every hand span of this square footage has either had a prophet pray or an angel stand upon it. Subhanallah. What, what blessed lens. Subhanallah. Now this is why it's such a big deal, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, for us believers. 
And then, of course, we're witnessing, uh, and, and as, you know, from, from a dini perspective, you can see how much it means to us. And on top of that, standing up against the oppression, standing up against the cruelty. That, as you see, the, the whole cause is multifaceted, as you can see. So it's incumbent, it's imperative upon us, my dear uh, brothers and sisters in Islam, to be in constant and regular dua, to make dua unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to Masjid al-Aqsa, with regards to our brothers and sisters in those blessed lands. Now before I conclude the reminder, there are a few weaknesses that you and I, we need to come out of. You know, if we are to secure the help of Allah. Because you have to understand, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sunan. Sunan. Sunan is the plural of sunnah. There is a sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, Allah azawajal has sunan, has sunnahs. And these sunnahs, He does not change them. So you will not find any changes in the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the way of Allah azawajal. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way of doing things. So Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Hold on to Hold on to the habl of Allah, the rope of Allah. Jami'an, all of you. And do not divide. Do not be divided amongst yourselves. But today, subhanAllah, look at the hadith, look at this hadith of the Prophet. It's an authentic hadith. It has been recorded in the book of Imam Abu Dawud. Rahimahullah. And when I mention the hadith, you will you will Admit and you will see the weakness that we have fallen into, the trap that we have fallen into. The Prophet uh, is reported to have said that the nations are about to call each other and set upon you. Just as diners set upon food. You know to explain this part of the hadith, just imagine if a banquet, if a feast is spread. Just as people gather to eat from that food. People will call each other and set upon you. And then the Sahaba, they asked the Prophet wasallam, Will it be because of, because of our small number on that day, O Messenger of Allah? Will we be, will we be few in number on that day? And will, will that be the reason that they all gang up upon us? The Prophet wasallam, he responds, Rather, on that day you will be many. Allah. On that day, you will be many. Your numbers will be high. But you will be like foam. Like the foam on the river. Like on the foam on, the, on, on water. And Allah will remove the fear of you from the hearts of your enemies. And Allah will throw wahan into your hearts. Then someone asked, Ya Rasulullah, what is wahan? What do you mean when you say wahan, O Messenger of Allah? The Prophet ﷺ then responds to that. Wahan is love of the world and the hatred for death. Self-check. Now we need to ask ourselves. Are we not guilty of this? Are we not clinging on to this worldly life, this materialistic worldly life? Myself included, we're all guilty. And we need to take ourselves into account, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. You see, many a person in today, you know, ranting and, you know, saying all kinds of things. But remember, I've, I've 
reminded this even during the month of Ramadan. ظهر الفساد في البر والبحر بما كسبت أيدي الناس. You know, it's because of what your hands have put forward that you're facing the repercussions, you're facing the consequences. So my dear brother, my dear sister, it's upon us. We want our du'as to be answered. Okay. The ones who are being tested by Allah Azza wa Jal, as you can see, our brethren, our brothers and sisters in Palestine, they are accruing colossal rewards in the eyes of Allah. But what about you and I? Would it just suffice to go on social media and rant and put up things? Is that all that you're going to be doing? Subhanallah. You need to you need to evaluate and you have to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sunan like I mentioned earlier on. And if you want to secure the help of Allah, if you want your du'as to be answered by Allah Azza wa Jal, you need to turn over a new leaf. You need to get closer to Him. And the minute this is said, a lot of people don't like it. Why? Because they feel like, you know, oh, this is all that you have to say. Subhanallah. That's, that's a very wrong attitude, I would say. Ask yourself, have you started praying your five daily prayers appropriately? Are you making dua the right way? Have you turned away from haram? You know what the Messenger of Allah's report to have said. About the man who raises his hands. مَطْعَمُهُ حَرَامٌ مَشْرَبُهُ حَرَامٌ مَلْبَسُهُ حَرَامٌ غُذِيَ بِالْحَرَامِ فَأَنَّا يُسْتَجَابُ لَهُ The Prophet ﷺ says his food is haram, his drink is haram, his clothes are haram. In other words, they're all from haram sources. And here he is raising his hands. And the Prophet asks, فَأَنَّا يُسْتَجَابُ لَهُ How is his dua going to be answered? So this needs to serve as a wake-up call for us to get closer. You need to get closer to Allah. Seek the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at, look at the, the... So this is one weakness. And then there's another hadith that talks about another weakness. So one is, we're drifted. The love for this worldly life has permeated into our hearts and the fear for death or the hatred for death rather has has entrenched itself into our hearts we we, we are clinging on to this worldly life the second weakness is that we have drifted away from the teachings of the deen from the sunnah of our messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so we have another hadith and this hadith is recorded in the book of imam al-bukhari and imam muslim rahimahumallah Hudayfa radiyallahu anhu, he mentions, the people used to ask the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the good. And I used to ask him about the evil out of fear that it would reach me. So I asked the Messenger of Allah, O Messenger of Allah, we were living in ignorance and evil. Then Allah brought this good to us. So will there be any evil after this good? So the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responds, yes. So then Hudayfa radiyallahu anhu says, I then asked, will there be any good after this evil? So you have good now and then evil will come. So after this evil, will there be any good? The Prophet ﷺ again replies in the affirmative. He says, yes, but it will be tainted. So then who asks, what will be its taint? What will be that, that contamination? What will be the taint? The Prophet ﷺ now elaborates. He says, a people who guides others to other than my way. And you will approve some of their actions and disapprove of others. 
So I'm going to read the narration and come back and try to unpack uh, the statements of the Prophet a little bit. So I further inquired. So Hudayfa radiallahu anhu then goes on to say, is there any evil after this good? So the Prophet says, yes. Callers at the gates of Jahannam. Whoever responds to their call, they will be thrown into the fire of Jahannam. And then uh, Hudayfa radiallahu anhu says, O Messenger of Allah, describe them to us. So the Prophet says, they will be from our people and they will speak our language. Then Hudayfa radiallahu anhu asks, so what do you order me to do if that reaches me? In other words, if I were to live to see that time, what would what, what is your command unto me, O Messenger of Allah? The Prophet says, stick to the jama'ah of the Muslims and their leader. So then he now asks a very important imperative question. He says, what if there is no jama'ah or no imam, no leader? Then the Prophet ﷺ, he responds, he says, keep away from all these sects, these groups, even if you have to bite upon the roots of a tree until death reaches you whilst you are in that state. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, let's go back to the initial statement of the Prophet. A people who guides others to other than my way. So now you will have callers, you will have people inviting to ways other than the way of the Messenger of Allah So you'll have people calling to so many other things, including themselves, including themselves. Is, is that not the case today? This whole influencer trend, it's all about calling to your way, other than the way of the Messenger of Allah and he says, وسلم, you will approve some of the actions and you will disapprove of others. So you will pick and choose. You will cherry pick with regards to what is convenient from the teachings and what is inconvenient. And you will hold on to what is convenient and you will leave what is inconvenient. And then the Prophet says, there will be callers at the gates of Jahannam. Whoever responds to their call, they'll be thrown into the fire of Jahannam. So now you will have people who start to call openly and brazenly to sin. And people will start responding to those calls. And they'll be at the gates of Jahannam basically. In other words, their call is to things that will just push you over the brink into the fire of Jahannam. And then the Prophet says, stick to the jama'ah, stick to the body of the Muslims with unity and their, and their, and their leader. And if there is no jama'ah, if there is no leader, if we have splintered, just take a look around you, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. If we have splintered to such an extent, if we have splintered so bad into tiny fragments, bits and pieces, then what is the advice of the Prophet ﷺ? Keep away from the groups, even if you have to bite upon the roots of a tree. And what tree is this, my dear brothers and sisters? Now, look at the context of the hadith. The hadith is talking about the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. So the sunnah of the Prophet is the tree. So the Prophet is not asking you to hold on to some physical tree. The tree of the sunnah of the Prophet Hold on to the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah until death reaches you whilst you are in that state. O oh brother, O oh sister, do you not think that we are living in such times? Hudayfa radiallahu an, he was concerned, gravely concerned, that he would live to see such times. Just imagine what such great sahaba would say if they were to witness the times that you and I, we are in. We are living in dark times, subhanallah. Chaotic times. So it's imperative that we 
take all of these hadith into account, we internalize the prophecies of the Prophet ﷺ, the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ. You know of the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ, he says, Bada al That Islam began as something strange and it will return to being strange in the same way. Fatuba lil So Tuba, which is a, a, a tree in Jannah, a beautiful tree in Jannah, that tree is for the Ghuraba, the strangers. So as you hold on to the deen, now you're looked at as a stranger. You're looked at as being strange. Why? Because it's not trending. Subhanallah. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, we're living in trying times. We're living in trying times. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to ease our affairs. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us. To hold on to the beautiful teachings of our Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and we pray that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala helps us to adhere to that which pleases Him, to stay away from that which displeases Him so that our du'as are answered, so that our prayers are answered, so that, so that our ibadah is accepted by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. With that I conclude this reminder, let us raise our hands on this Friday. As you know on Fridays we have Sa'atul Istijaba. An hour during which your du'as are answered. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, I remind all of you to send excessive blessings and salutations upon Muhammad salawatu rabbi wa salamuhu To send excessive blessings and salutations upon him and to make excessive du'a during the day of Friday. So that we strive to coincide with Sa'atul Istijaba in a move that our du'as be answered by Allah Azza wa Jal. So let us raise our hands and make du'a as we conclude. الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على محمد وعلى أهل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وانهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات اللهم أصلح أحوال المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم أصلح أحوال المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين والكفرة والكافرين ودمر أعداء الدين فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم لا تدع لنا في مقامنا هذا 
ذنبا إلا غفرتان ولا هما إلا فرجتان ولا دينا إلا قضيتان ولا مريضا إلا شفيتان ولا مبتلا إلا عافيتان ولا عقيما إلا ذرية صالحة رزقتان ولا ولدا عاقا إلا هديته وأصلحته يا رب العالمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين لا إله إلا الله نصر عبدا وأعز جندا وانهزم الأحزاب وحدا اللهم انصر إخواننا المسلمين المستضعفين في كل مكان اللهم انصر إخواننا المسلمين المستضعفين في فلسطين اللهم انصر إخواننا في فلسطين اللهم ثبت قدمهم إلهنا إلهنا إن استودعناك الأرض المباركة والقبلة المقدسة أرض الرسالات ومهد النبوات اللهم حصنه بتحسينك اللهم احفظه بحفظك وكلأه برعايتك وجعله في حرزك وأمانك وضمانك اللهم احفظ مصر نبيك صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اجعله شامخا عزيزا إلى يوم الدين وارزقنا فيه صلاة الفاتحين اللهم فرج هم المهموم من المسلمين ونفس كرب المكروبين وقض الدين عن المدينين واشف مرضانا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا رب ارحمهما كما ربيهنا صغارا صلى الله على النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله يا رب العالمين جزاكم الله خيرا والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته